Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Duke Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Oh, baby, yeah. Across the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska. On this, your favorite radio station and or translator. Good morning. It is The Michael Duke Show. New and improved. That's right. New and improved. Spent a lot of time uh, over the vacation uh, working on stuff, trying to make the show better, uh, finishing up the studio and doing all the good stuff here. And man, uh, excited, excited about it. It is um, it's a brand new year. It is a brand new year and we are absolutely loving it. Um Got to tell you a little that little bit of that little bit of uh, of stepping away is just so perfect, so so perfect. Um, I, I just needed I just needed that disconnect, and I, I initially had. It's kind of funny. I initially had planned on um, getting you know you know how it is. Get all the work done, get it all out of the way, and then just relax right, for the remainder of the vacation. And I did it exactly the opposite. <laughs> I, uh, you know, from Wednesday afternoon onward, I just completely let go of everything. I didn't do, I didn't do a thing. I only did whatever was absolutely necessary until after Christmas. Um, I ate too much food. I, um... I, I, you know, I hung out, I watched uh, a lot of, uh, of movies and uh, dramas or whatever with the wife and the kids. And, and I just didn't do, absolutely didn't do anything until, uh, oh, maybe a couple days after Christmas. And then I, uh, and then I knuckled down. Then I knuckled down and got to work. And finished uh, finished putting together the whole studio and everything else, new cameras, new lighting, new uh, uh, new audio stuff. So hopefully I sound better, I look better, and uh, I mean not that looking better would be hard, um, but you know we just uh, I just did it all, and most importantly, man, I just. I re- I mean I just I got away from it all. I just got away from the madness that is uh the world for a few days. And man, it just it felt it felt so good. It just felt so absolutely delicious. Um it could it couldn't have been better. Could not have been better. Um so, yes, I did watch Jack Ryan uh, against the Russians and everything. I watched the Jack Ryan thing. I watched everything else. It was uh, it was amazing. It was absolutely uh, amazing. 
Um, so uh, w- here we are, the first day of 20, well, not the first day, the first broadcast day, I guess I should say, of 2023. And we're all ready to get back into it. And, uh, you know, you got your New Year's resolutions, you're doing all that stuff, you're ready to go. And, um, you know, I'm I'm right there along with you. I want this year to be a good year. Now, I did see the, <clears throat> I mean, I made the mistake of going on Drudge this morning. Uh, you know, because normally I don't cover national stuff, but I like to kind of see what's going on. The Gallup current Gallup poll says Americans are pessimistic about 2023 with 90% expecting political conflict. Well, duh. Have you been have you been watching what's going on? Have you been watching what's going on? Of course, there's going to be political conflict. But that doesn't mean that 2023 has to be bad. No, my friends, it's a decision from you. It's a decision from you. How are you going to deal with 2022? How are you going to deal with it? That's the um that's the, that's the question. How how are you going to re- to respond uh, and everything else. And I have decided that 2023 is going to be a great year. No matter what comes, no matter what goes on, <clears throat> we will be uh, we'll be dealing with it in a good and healthy way. We're going to have a great year. And uh, we're going to kick it off today a super good. We're going to start off this morning with uh, Brad Keithley from Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. He's going to be joining us here probably about eight, nine minutes. We're going to start picking up things with him. And we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about some good things, including he's got three big talk uh, topics on the weekly top three, a breakdown of the governor's budget and his 10 year plan. And then what Brad expects to see in the next session, based on what we're hearing right now, there was a new ADN podcast with Kathy Giesel. I have not listened to it yet. But I will be listening to it this week and giving you some analysis, um, giving you some analysis here as well. We'll figure out what's going on with that. And then uh, finally, uh, the final of the weekly top three is what the federal lease sales are telling us um, about, well, I guess about the state and then about everything else. So that's uh, what's that's what's coming on here this morning. All righty. Uh, so that's hour one. Brad Keithley will be joining us. Then in hour two, well, maybe we'll take some phone calls. But who wants to be the first phone call of uh, 20? Um, who wants to be the first phone call of 2023? Uh, I don't know. We're, we're going to open up the uh, we're going to be opening up the phone lines and talking uh, with you in the first part of hour two. And then we'll be talking with um, Chris Story, the man from Homer. We're going to get our weekly life coaching lesson from Chris Story. He's going to come on board and we're going to talk with him and just kind of uh, enjoy ourselves uh, and get uh, get a little bit of that feel-good action. That feel-good action at the very beginning of the, uh, of the show. All right. So uh, that's, uh, that's the good stuff. That's the good stuff right there, baby. That is the good stuff, uh, what we're going to be doing. Tomorrow on the program, we'll be joined by Mike Shower. Mike Shower will be joining us for uh, the Shower Hour of Power in Hour 2. And we'll figure something else out for the second uh, for the second go-around. Uh, for, the, or the, for the first hour, we'll figure something else out. And then uh, 
I'm booking stuff uh, already for next week. So it looks like it's going to be looks like it's going to be a busy 2023, which is uh, important uh, for me as uh, as well. All right. Well, some of the new um, <laughs> let's go through some of the headlines here. What what are some of the big headlines that we missed? I mean, this is exactly what happens, folks. Right. This is exactly what happens. Like I didn't need to sit there and and bite my nails every day over the news of the day because look, I can come back and just do it and um and 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 read about it later. Uh the big news of the day while we were on vacation was that um David Eastman uh has been uh, found eligible to uh to be elected to office to hold state office. Now, the state judge ruled that on uh, Friday the 23rd, uh, right before Christmas. Um, the ruling found that Eastman is a member of Oath Keepers, which he admitted to on the stand, but that he does not and did not possess a specific intent to further the Oath Keepers' words or actions aimed at overthrowing the government. Um, now, Kowalki, Randall Kowalki, the guy who filed the suit to begin with, has already stated that, uh, or hinted, I guess, as we should say, that they're probably going to be appealing this. Now, the judge's order is on hold pending that possible appeal. A hearing is scheduled for tomorrow to discuss whether an appeal is going to be filed. So it's not a done-done deal, but the first hurdle has been overcome. The judges said, yeah, no, you're you're eligible, buddy. You, you're, you're eligible, and, uh, and this did not, although you remember, it said it, he was not um uh he he was not uh trying to overthrow overthrow the uh government um so we'll see uh, we'll see what comes out of that with the hearing tomorrow uh for David Eastman in a related case the uh court case against um uh, Jenny Armstrong is up and going right now as well. The uh, day before the Eastman case was, you know, initially decided, they were, um, everybody was getting their ducks in a row. And she was supposed to present arguments. Um, The Superior Court Judge Herman Walker Jr. had asked for written arguments by Friday the 23rd. And there hasn't been anything else written about that since then. So I don't know what's going on with that case, but I guess we'll be watching for that as well. And then the uh, other news that came out right around Christmas is that, uh, remember that building in Juneau that the legislature was talking about um, using as an apartment complex? Um, well, they're they're going to move forward with it. And unfortunately, the bill has, conti- the, the cost of it has continued to rise. It started out last year under the initial discussions, is $5.5 million for this free building. They were going to have to spend $5.5 million to renovate it. Now the cost has gone up to $6.6 million, and the actual final contract with Dawson Construction, according to Mike Schauer, and I'm sure he'll talk about this yesterday, is worth $8.6 million. Um, so there's some potential pitfalls in this whole thing, and uh, should be interesting to watch, and we'll be We'll be paying close attention to that here uh, as we go through. 
But those are just some of the uh, stories. I got a couple of funny stories and some other stuff that we can talk about coming up into hour two. But it's time, my friends. It's time to uh, to pull the ripcord and head off to head on off to uh, the commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Brad Keithley, Alaskans for sustainable budgets. We'll continue on here. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Brad Keithley, our guest on the other side with the weekly top three. If you missed the show, you can listen to it on your time with Dukes On Demand. Oh, and it's free. Like America used to be. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. Uh, Hi, guys. Streaming uh, breaking up. Did you switch to Starlink? No, I'm still on GCI, and I rebooted this morning and everything else like I normally do, and GCI is just trash. That's that's the problem. I mean, I got a two-gig connection, and I can't even get up and over the threshold. I mean, it's like I'm trying to just climb over the windowsill, and I can't even, I can't even get there. It's, uh, it is just gaga. All right, what do you think of the new what do you think of the new thing? The lighting, the 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 mood, the backlighting, the depth of field, the, the graphics. What do you think? Huh? Huh? Um, okay. Uh, it's not bad. It's it's not bad. Uh let me uh, go over here and get us uh, all squared away. Oh, see this is the other camera. This is the old camera. Uh which is direct head on. Uh, let's get, uh, let's get Brad Keithley, uh, joined into the, uh, joined into the old radio broadcast here, shall we? And see what, uh, he has to say. Good morning, Bradley. Good morning, Michael. How are you doing? You know, uh, no complaints, my friend. It was a fantastic vacation and I am ready to, I guess I'm ready to get back into it. How about, how about you? Ready to rock and roll again? Yeah, ready to rock and roll. How was your How was your vacation? Fortunate, very good, and very fortunate. I spent part of it in Illinois, and part of it in uh, Anchorage, and somehow I managed to dodge. I tra- traveled the day ahead of the bad storm in the lower forty eight, and I got here, and I and I came back to Alaska after the roads had been plowed somewhat. So at least I could get from point A to point B. So I'm, I'm happy. I, I managed <laughs> to dodge the worst of both places. Yeah. No ice storm for you and everything else. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's great. Um, yeah. well, plane, plane was on time. No, could, yeah. no overnights in the airport. Nobody with, uh, nobody with guns in their peanut butter. Is that the. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell that Not story. That I know of. I'm going to talk about that story a little bit later on, but yeah, there's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's a thing uh, going on. So we're ready for the, uh, we're ready for the whole uh, weekly top three. Huh? 
We are. Okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm like you, I'm recharged, ready to go again. Yeah. I, uh, I feel, I feel pretty good. Uh, um, I, I, I feel real good. All right. Let me, uh, let me go back here, uh, real quick before we jump into this here. I'm just going through some of the, um, to some of the comments. Uh, you did good on the upgrades. You should talk to Steven about studio internet and sound walls and stuff. Para check out his studio. I don't know who Steven is and I don't know who uh, Ashby. I don't know who you're talking about there. I have the fastest internet that GCI has. <clears throat> GCI does not have a faster internet package anywhere. Literally. It's the two gig red package. It's supposed to be, it's faster. It's fast as fast can be, but it still sucks. It's just, it's still the congestion or something. My next thing is to basically replace my router and my, my GCI modem again. This will be the third time I've changed the GCI modem because they eventually just crap the bed. Um, or go to Starlink. I'm waiting for Starlink. I've got a Starlink. I haven't hooked it all up yet because, again, they have intermittent downtimes, and that's worse than being robotic. I mean, I can be robotic. But I don't want to be, you know. Anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, man. Um, all right, uh, let's see. YouTube is breaking up and you're fuzzy. Again, I could see I've got a little warning thing here that says your connection is unstable. I'm plugged directly into the internet. I don't know what else. There's nothing else I can do at this point. Um, you look marvelous, Q Billy Crystal. Uh, audio and video dragging occasionally. Did you watch Jack Ryan? Yes, I did. Um, Piglets. Uh, okay. I think I'm all cut up. <clears throat> Let's get back into it, shall we? The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Please like and share, and make sure you join us on Facebook and YouTube and do all that stuff. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the program. Brad Keithley is our guest, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's the good stuff. It's the weekly top three. Brad uh, was just uh, telling us about his vacation and how he just dodged the bullet on all the good stuff and the bad stuff, and it's good to have you back. Brad, lead us into 2023. Let's get this thing started. Uh, the governor's budget came out like... Right before I went on vacation, uh, we didn't even get a chance to talk about it because I forbade us from discussing anything political that la- which I think was a great call. <laughs> I think that was the best thing I could have done. I felt so good coming out of that the, that final week of broadcast, and it was going to wait. I mean, it was going to wait. We weren't going to be able to do anything, so why not? So here we are, uh, the governor's budget. You've broken it down. The 10-year plan, that's number one on the weekly top three. Good morning, Brad. Hit us with it. Good morning, Michael. Well, the um, the the I, I, I I've analyzed the budget in in four pieces, I guess. One is spending levels. The second is deficit levels, which follow on from spending. The third is the revenue side, and the fourth is the production uh, forecast, which relates to revenues. On the spending side, um, the governor 
I think, did a decent job of controlling spending, proposing to control spending for uh, FY24. He did not, he has not uh, proposed an increase in K through 12, which I think is going to be the big push in the legislature. He sort of set his negotiating position as business as usual, uh, follow the law as it currently is, don't add uh, additional uh, spending to, to K through 12 of above and beyond what the what uh, the law, the current law provides. And I think that's probably a good a good starting point from uh, from a negotiation standpoint, because there's going to be a lot of push for for increase on uh, on K through 12. Um, so the FY24 budget spending side looks mm, sort of OK. Um, there's it's it's higher on the capital budget side than uh, one would think it would be from what they put in the FY23 10-year uh, plan and from what was enacted, uh, taking out the one-time stuff, what was enacted um, in FY24. But he explains that as, as an increase necessary to take advantage of the federal uh, funding and, uh, and, and fully uh, tap into the federal funding that may be available, the state uh, share of the federal funding that may be available. Beyond that, though, when you get into the ten-year plan, and and I think the ten to me the ten-year plan is as important as the as the proposed budget. When you get into the ten-year plan, it sort of falls apart. The reason it does is he uses an inflation factor of about one and a half percent, when the current market inflation factor is two two and a half percent. When you look at the futures market for uh, for inflation rates, what's the what the financial markets are telling us they believe future inflation rates are going to be. So uh, half-ish uh, uh, of, uh, of what the financial markets are telling us. And as you go out in time, that really shows much lower spending levels than, uh, than, uh, than, than really the current programs tell you you're on the path to do. The reason, the reason for the 10-year plan is, is to tell you what the rocks and shoals and icebergs are ahead, is to tell you if you keep going down this road, what you're going to hit, and then and then give you the opportunity currently to make small course corrections to miss uh, to to avoid those rocks and shoals uh, ahead. What the governor does instead, what the ten year plan does instead, is is say, oh, when we get to the rocks and shoals, somebody will figure it out. And instead of making mid course corrections, saying, look, you know this this program is blowing up into big spending, we've got to deal with that now in order to avoid it being a, a big problem later. Instead of doing that, the governor just assumes future generations will figure out something and and uh, and just sort of downplays uh, uh, the impact of, of spending levels in, in future years. I don't think that gives Alaskans a good outlook uh, about what they're uh, what they're facing down the road. Um, and I think it, I think the ten-year plan is deficient uh, because it doesn't uh, chart a course. Uh, looking down the road of the current programs, you know, continuing to, to reflect inflation like, right. where the current programs well, are taking us. It wasn't that the, the effect to... of that is, I think, to understate the that I think. I'm sorry, and I apologize. We've got a bit of a delay here. But, I mean, I just thought, isn't that the 10-year plan's purpose, to extrapolate what the governor is proposing and then extrapolate it out over, here's, if we do what I'm suggesting, here's what happens over the next five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, which is why it makes sense, right? I mean, that's what it's supposed to be for. Yeah, exactly. And essentially, he's saying, 
no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to assume inflation. I mean, the, the big the big factor in the 10-year plan, at least with respect to the operating budget, is what you do with inflation. That, that sort of controls where the 10-year plan is going. And instead of saying, I need to control spending now, I need to control certain programs now so that they don't blow up into big numbers out in the future, uh, he's just saying, oh, well, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just artificially uh, suppress inflation rates and it'll look, it'll look better in the future. Uh, we have deficits anyway. We have big deficits anyway that we're facing into the future. But he's, but he's by, by this, by the, by the approach of, of running the inflation rate really half of what inflation is, of what the market's telling us inflation is, he's really just sort of suppressing uh, what that, what that out look looks for and i and i so the 10 year plan you have to sort of reinflate the 10 year plan to to give it a good uh indicator of where we're headed and we're headed into into very difficult times so what does the 10 year plan show us i mean if you do actually reinflate it with a real inflationary number instead of one and a half percent you go to the two two and a half percent trial range what does it tell us and it says by the time we get to 2032, we're uh, we're about a billion and a half uh, in deficits. About a third of the budget uh, is in def is 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 in shortfall, and um, and that's yeah, you know that that's something we ought to know. The way it the, the way it is now, what the governor does on the revenue side uh, is he covers up those deficits by assuming uh, a new revenue source uh, that uh, that starts at 300 million this year, goes to 500 million. In, Next year is 750 million, I think, by FY 26, and then 900 million uh, by FY 27, and 900 million through through the rest of the through the rest of the of the 10 year ten year plan, and that's on his that's on his spending numbers. So it's you're you're showing 900 million dollars in deficits by FY 32, FY 33. You're showing 900 million dollars in deficits by FY 33 with suppressed spending levels with with below uh inflation and uh, spending levels so if you if you blow those if you if you insert if you use um uh, actual inflation levels market inflation levels instead we're at a billion five in deficit by by 2032. i guess i guess the 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 other issue in addition to inflation the other issue the top line issue that i think comes out of this budget is this new revenue category that he has um rather than show deficits what he's what what the what OMB has done what the administration has done is inserted a category called new revenue and it and and new revenue climbs at the at the levels uh, at the rate I was just uh, I was just describing those new revenues are um <laughs> they're 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 uh pie in the sky I think is what I said about them I, other words were going through my brain but but uh uh, pie in the sky. I, we, we used what to, he's saying is we used state, to call that pushwa. We used to call that pushwa. That's <laughs> well, okay. That, that's that's a good word for it. Um, what he's saying is the state is going to be able to sell carbon offset credits, uh, credits for uh, using our forests as a as a as a carbon sink. It's selling the you know, not cutting down the forest, keeping them intact, and selling the that uh, as a as a carbon offset. And and what he's saying is we're going to what the administration is saying is we're going to be able to get three hundred million dollars a year out of that this year, five hundred million next year, seven hundred fifty million the year beyond that, and then nine hundred million by FY twenty seven continuing on out 
uh, on into the future per year. Uh, now, Department of Revenue looked at this very revenue source back in April when they did the, uh, the, the Department of Revenue fiscal model, the latest Department of Revenue fiscal model. Um, and they projected, get this, 500,000 to 20 million a year, 20 million upside, topside a year uh, from this revenue source. Now, just eight months later, the governor is projecting that at 300 million this year, 500, 750 million, 900 million. Um, there's, and, and, and the administration provides no basis for that projection. So what he's really doing, what he's really doing is hiding deficits by, by creating this category of new revenue and saying, well, instead of deficits, we're going to have this new revenue and it's going to cover uh, 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 the deficits instead. And we really don't need to worry because we're going to have this, this new revenue source. It, the, the 10 year plan really is a, is a fantasy of, of spending is going to be a lot less than we think it's going to be because inflation, we're going to suppress inflation and revenues are going to be a lot higher than we think they're going to be because we're going to have these fantasy sales of carbon offsets that are going to total, you know, a billion dollars, basically a billion dollars by uh, in, in, in four years, and then a billion dollars a year uh, uh, from, then, from then on out. So it's um, the 10-year the, the plan really gives you a very, if you, if you take it at face value, it gives you a very distorted look of, of, what, uh, of what Alaska's facing. Basically, what he's trying to argue is Alaska's in okay shape. Don't worry about it. We don't need, we don't need real new revenues. Uh, we, don't need to, we don't need to cut spending. Uh, it'll all take care of itself because somehow we'll suppress inflation and somehow we'll, we'll create these additional revenues. And it's just, it's taken at face value. It's a misleading, it's a misleading document. Brad, I'm a pretty, We've gone in. I'm a pretty simple guy, yep. right? This is like me walking into the bank with my financials and asking for a loan and saying, yeah, here's all my budgets. And you could see that I am spending more than I take in, but next year. I'm going to get this inheritance. I know I am. I know that it's coming and I know that, you know, I'm going to create a new widget that's also going to create a new income stream for me. No, I haven't developed it. No, I have no idea what it looks like. No, I don't know when my in-laws are going to die or whatever, but I know that that's coming. So I've put this in my budget and everything else. Here you go. And you're just expecting the bank to go, well, sure, I here's a loan. I mean, that this is, and again, it's the voodoo economics. It is. My voodoo economics, Michael, and the and the one thing I would add to that analogy, which is a very good one, the one thing I would add is, and your rent's going to go down. <laughs> your 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 the the your real rent level is going to go down because right. the because the landlord isn't going to isn't going to inflate, isn't going to run your rent up to to equal inflation over the over the over the course of time. So he's doing it both on the on the revenue side in terms of the inheritance and the widgets and that sort of stuff, and He's doing it on the spending side in terms of just assuming that that uh, that we'll find solutions somewhere out there. The, the, the irony is is basically what he's saying is I can't find solutions to to spending levels. I'm proposing just you know sort of sort of current spending levels, the continuation of of the programs as they currently are. I can't find them, but somewhere out there in the future, somebody's going to find solutions to the spending levels, and we're not going to have you know the the impact of inflation that that. Uh, that, that we nor that we normally have. So it's, it, it's, it's, I can't do it. It's basically, I can't do it. I can't come up with the spending cuts. I can't come up with the, with the revenues, but somewhere out there in the future, we, we will, we will 
you know, we'll, we'll find all of the solutions to all of that. Brad, is there uh, one, uh, give me, can you give me one bright spot on the governor's budget and 10 year plan? And then we'll go into the tease for number two, but can you give me a, is there anything good here or is it all a fictional bestseller? Well, the 10 year plan is all a fictional bestseller. I mean, taking at face value, it's all a fictional bestseller. There's enough in there that you can, that you can, you know, actually predict where spending's going. You can, impl- you can insert the actual inflation rates that the market's telling us we're going to hit. You can look at what, you know, actual revenue sources tell us right now. Um, but it's, um, the 10 year plan is really just, I mean, there isn't anything good in the 10 year plan. Uh, the FY24 budget, you can say it's good because at least he doesn't start new programs or doesn't expand existing programs in his proposed budget. So he set himself up at, with, a, with a decent negotiating position with the legislature for FY24. But if you look beyond FY24 and you look at what the 10-year plan tells you, he should be you know, redoing programs right now to, to, make, our, to make our situation better in the out years. Uh, and he's not doing that. So he's not making it any worse, but he's not making it better in right. a way that we need to be making the, the, the budget better to, to face the to face the 10 years. All right. Quick tease for number two, the session, the upcoming session. I mean, I see Kathy Geisel's done a podcast with the ADN. I'm interested to see what uh, what, she, what kind of nugget she drops in there. But give us a quick tease. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be the 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 normal stuff that we've gotten used to. It's going to be the legislature's going one direction, sort of regardless of how the House forms. The legislature's going one direction. The governor's going trying to go another direction, and the PFD is the thing that's going to get squeezed in the middle. Um, and I'll describe why that is uh, when uh, when we get to the next uh, next segment. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. Our guest, it is the weekly top three. The Michael Duke Show continues. We got more coming up right after this. What is that? Common sense. Regularly heard on American radio. I'm just continually astonished, Brad, that uh, the governor would, I mean, that this would be the way that the governor would, uh, um, you know, you know, the, with a fictional, oh, it's going to be carbon credits. Okay, so what's the history of carbon credits? How much demand is there? What companies or countries or whatever are willing to go? Give me a breakdown. Give me a business plan on your carbon credit model, especially since it said it was going to raise about $20 million, and now you're saying $500 million. Give me an, uh, where... Tell me how this works. And yet to just, you know, crickets when it's all, uh, when it's all said and done and uh, wait, uh, you know, uh, when you can. Yep. He's, he's, he said he's going to do that. Uh, once, the, once the crickets, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> he said, he's going to do that. Once the, uh, once, the, once the session starts, he's going to come up with a plan. He's going to come up with a, but look, I mean, you can, all you have to do is look at what this administration has said about this revenue source as late as April uh, of 2022. They said $500,000 to $20 million. How you get from $20 million upside to $900 million solid, you can count on this, is just, I mean, nothing. There, there's nothing the administration has has 
provided that that gives that sort of indication. And you know, the the people who have delved into it can't find any basis for it. So it's just, I mean, it, it it's a plug. I mean, in in, in any ten year plan, I guess sometimes you find a plug. This is a huge plug. It's it's you know, it the numbers were otherwise showing big red numbers out there, big deficit numbers out there. So how do we turn those deficit numbers black? Um, and and, and we get, what are we going to say for new revenues? Uh, well, we don't want to say taxes. You know, that's a that's a forbidden word. So we'll just right. we'll just come up with something else uh, out of thin air. And they and they come up with carbon credits. I mean, Michael, when you sell carbon credits, you can't resell a forest fifteen times, right? You sell carbon credits for a forest, and you say, you know, we're going to use that as a carbon sink. And, and that's, you know, that's where we're, that's, that's, you know, we'll do it for the next 10, 15, whatever the, whatever the term of the car, carbon credit is. It's not for a year, it's for, for a number of years in order to make it an effective carbon credit to the guy that, the, the person that's, that's buying it. Right. And, and he's saying, it, it's, it's not only are we going to have $900 million in carbon credits, we're going to have $900 million a year. Right. Uh, uh, within, within four years. Those are one-time sales. Just, right. I, I, that's just. Yeah, those are one-time sales. You can't keep reselling the forest to different buyers because somebody's got, I mean, you know, no, 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 that is, sorry, that's my forest. You can't use it for your carbon offset. It's, it, reminds, yeah. it reminds me of the, old, of the old oil trick in Oklahoma where you'd resell a well. You know, you'd sell, you have 100% of a well, in the old, in the old uh, drilling fund days, you'd have a 100% of a well, obviously, and you'd sell it like 15 times. <laughs> You know, we're all making was, money. That was there. There were pyramid schemes that went, people went to jail. Right. For that. Yeah, we're all making money now, right? I mean, we're all making money. That's what it's all about. Uh, all right, uh, Brad, uh, where am I at here? I got everything moved around on my screens. Okay, uh, so we're still got a little bit of time. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I was heartened to see that uh, again. He hadn't increased any programs. He included a large PFD. He did all those things at least to start the conversation. But when I saw that carbon credits and the carbon offsets things, I was like, mm, I don't see anything on how that works. I don't see any explanation on that. To me, that was a huge red flag. But of course, you know, a lot of people just lap it up and are like, okay, it sounds great. We're all, we're saved. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's the same thing on the spending side, Michael. I mean, it's, if you use half inflation, half the inflation rate, for the operating budget, everything looks well. It doesn't look fine because you still have to plug in the the carbon credits to make it look fine. But if you use half the inflation rate, it doesn't. It doesn't. Spending doesn't look as bad as as where we're going. I mean, that's as I said. That's the entire purpose of the ten year plan to tell you where you're going, to tell you what the rocks and shoals and icebergs out there, so you can develop plans to avoid them. And and this ten year plan is just not doing that. Three years ago in FY twenty would have been FY21, I think. They did a great 10-year plan. They had a they had different scenarios and they had a, a, a lengthy discussion about the situation we were facing and and how we have to deal with that. And there was a one scenario, scenario five, which I always go back to, which said we need a we need to do some cuts, we need to do some PFD restructuring to go to POMV 5050. And we need to do some uh, 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 revenues, some some personal revenues, and and that was a that felt like a real ten year plan. This one just feels like oh god, you know we got to put out something. So let's let's put out a fantasy. Let's put out you know that that we 
somebody controls, not us, but somebody controls spending somewhere along the way. And, um, and somebody uh, comes up with new revenues along the way. And, and, and so everything looks better, you know, by the time we get to the end of it. Uh, it's so painful. So painful. I mean, why can't I just stay on vacation? That's what, that's what I'm asking right now. It was so much better when it was all on vacation. Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. We are ready to jump back into it here and uh, and continue on. Please like and share the show. Like and follow the show page. Uh, here we go. All right, Brad Keithley, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, is our guest, and we are uh, we're ready to uh, to knock it in with him for number two of the weekly top three, which is the new upcoming session. Oh, what does he expect to see? Uh, I mean, I guess Brad. First of all, I mean, I don't know. Is the House going to be, uh, you know, a, a, a bipartisan, by by camera? What is it going to be? Or is it is it by or is it straight? I don't know. What is the House going to be and what does the Senate's uh, democratically controlled coalition mean? You guide me. Give me an outlook here at number uh, two. Oh, I don't. Uh, I, I, my my, my prognosis. Prognostication skills are not good enough to to predict whether the House is going to form as a coalition uh, or as a Republican led. But at the margin, I don't think I don't think that's going to make much of a difference to the to the fundamental dynamics of what's going on in the legislature. Even if it's Republican organized, I think there's going to be a pressure uh, to uh, increase K through 12 spending. Certainly, there's going to be that pressure in the um, uh, in the Senate, if you when, once you listen to Geisel's uh, uh, podcast, you'll you'll understand that that there's a lot of uh, pressure in the Senate for uh, for increased K through 12 spending uh, that will that will roll over into increased university spending that will roll over into a defined benefit plan for uh, for teachers that will roll over into a defined benefit plan for other state employees. Uh, all of which they're going to claim is somehow decreasing uh, spending, state spending by by allowing uh, uh, not having the turnover in employees and 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 reducing the amount of of, of, of salaries that we need to to give them because we're going to have a defined out all sorts of mumbo jumbo that essentially is going to give you a uh, a lower cost uh, uh, from allegedly a lower cost from defined benefit plans. We're going to see a lot of push for increased spending in the House. Even if it's Republican organized, it's not going to be able to push back on all of that. At the margin, it may push back on a little bit more than what a, a, a coalition-led House would look like. Coalition-led House probably would combine with the Senate with with larger spending packages than what we're going to see coming out of the coming out of a Republican House. But we're going to see increased spending pushes for increased spending, uh, particularly in K through 12, uh, uh, sort of regardless of, of which body forms. Or, or which way the the house forms, um, and we'll see the governor pushing back uh, on that to some degree. Although he's already said when he when he when he announced the budget, he said it doesn't have any increase in K through twelve spending, but I anticipate that will be an issue, and I anticipate we'll end up with some. So he was sort of staking out his negotiating position as opposed to saying no, 
we're not going to have any increased K through 12 spending. It was sort of like, this is my starting point. You give me yours and we'll sort of, we'll sort of figure out where we're going to go from here. So, so we're going to have, we're going to be facing increased spending. We're already starting out with a $300 million plus deficit. Right. Uh, uh, even in this budget, because the, the 10 year plan covers that with $300 million in, in credits the first year. Um, what's because the administration has not come forward with a realistic revenue plan. Uh, what you're going to have then is increased spending against uh, against insufficient revenues to cover not only increased spending, but current spending, uh, a built-in deficit that you're starting with. Um, and you're going to find the, the, the same thing we've had the last few years before, before the run-up in oil prices. But you're going to find the same thing we had, which is increased spending motivation for increased spending against short revenues and what's going to get crushed in the middle, the PFD. And that's going to continue to be the case until the administration comes up with a realistic revenue plan. The legislature, I don't think, is going to move forward on a, leg on a, on a revenue plan until a realistic revenue plan until the administration comes up with a realistic revenue plan. And, and because they're not going to put themselves, they're not going to repeat the, the situation of last year, which is they pass pass the tax only for it to be fodder for the governor to make headlines by vetoing the tax. They're not going to go through that effort and take the slings and arrows of passing a tax only to have it only to have it vetoed in the end, only to for it to be used for a press release by the governor. So we're going to continue to have the 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 push the pressure for increased spending. This year it's going to be K through 12. It's going to be defined benefits. It's going to be increased university spending. And 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 a lack of revenues to support that, and so the PFD is going to be the thing that that gets uh, crushed in the middle, and and that's just—I mean—you can see it coming. Uh, you can see it in Gary Stevens' statements uh, immediately after the budget was released, saying he thinks the PFD is too high. You can see it in other comments that have that have uh, Giesel uh, and others making comments that the that the PFD is too high. Well, the PFD is the, the current law PFD. Right. And and they're not talking about actually changing the current law. They're just talking about ignoring the law again and using the PFD as the grease uh, to, that gets uh, that, that sort of ultimately lubricates the, the budget getting getting put together by 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 being the, the, the way that uh, the, the revenue source PFD cuts being the revenue source that uh, that balances the budget. And 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 once again, you know, I'm picking up the theme that we had last year. All you're doing when you do that is saying that middle and lower income Alaska families are going to be the ones that budget that that ultimately have to fund the budget because the top 20 percent is is using techniques that enable them to uh, to dodge paying. The oil companies are using techniques that enable them uh, to dodge paying. So that it's you can you can you can, you know, get into the nitty gritty of, of, of pieces of legislation and say it ought to be this as, as it's opposed as opposed to that and I'm sure we'll do that uh, in the coming weeks in the coming months but big picture going in uh, is increased spending against insufficient revenues 300 million to start 300 million deficit deficit to start that will grow as uh, as as the increased spending uh, gets layered on and the PFD will be the thing that uh, that 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 ultimately gets used as uh, as the as the grease to to make the budget fit. Does the governor get any credit for um, starting at least with a high PFD, or does that just give them more of a buffer to spend? I mean, what what do you say here? I actually don't give the governor any credit for starting with a high PFD because he doesn't have a realistic 
domestic revenue side. I mean, he's 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 essentially saying, look at me, I get headlines by proposing a high PFD, but I've not put together a budget that supports that PFD. I I I, I get I, I get headlines for support for proposing a current law PFD, but I've not given you a budget that has the revenues that supports a current law PFD. So it's 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 misleading, really. To claim that he's got a he's got a full PFD uh, in this budget because he doesn't have the revenue base uh, on the on the revenue side that can support uh, the spending levels that we're that that we're headed toward. He hasn't. Nobody's going to make cuts more than what the governor proposes. The governor hasn't made the cuts necessary to get us down to a balanced budget. He hasn't proposed realistic revenues necessary to get us to a balanced budget. So you can say. That you're proposing a, a statutory PFD, but there's 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 no way you get to it right. on the budget he's actually actually proposed because the governor's budget is always just a starting. It never it never goes lower than the governor's budget. It always goes higher. So he could have started with cuts, and uh, and then it would have increased from there. But really, he put the pie in the sky. Oh, look at this magical. Uh, MacGuffin, you know, that's the thing in the movies that makes the whole plot work. The MacGuffin at this point is the carbon offset credits with got no plan, no business that no, you know, no nothing. And uh, but no cuts either to make it work. And, you know, like you said, just grabbing the headlines with a high PFD. Yeah, it's uh, it's um, this budget isn't realistic and the 10 year plan isn't realistic. I mean, right. You got to Yeah. I've I've tried to adjust for all that in the in the last two Alaska landmine columns I wrote over the over the holidays and you put those together and you sort of get a picture of what a realistic budget is, but this budget's just not realistic. It's a it's a it's a head. I think you said it correctly. It's a headline grabbing. Look look at all the good things I did, but not a realistic plan to get you to those headlines. Not a realistic plan to get you to a full statutory PFD. Brad, we got about two minutes here. Can you give me a quick synopsis of number three? Yep. Um, so we went through a lot of Alaska went through a lot of political capital to get uh, the Department of Interior to issue Cook Inlet leases uh, uh, for the federal government to have a Cook Inlet lease sale. And and everybody complained about Biden, you know, not having the lease sale. Joe Manchin finally put a provision in the in the last uh, in the last le- in the last Congress that required the administration to have a lease sale. They had a lease sale. They had about 190 leases uh, up for sale in federal waters. Uh, there was one bid by one company on one lease. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it, we spent a huge amount, Alaska spent a huge amount of political capital getting this lease sale saying, you know, you need to, Biden, you're, you're causing, you are causing the problem. We need to have these lease sales. We need to, we need to get the opportunity out there for, for people to invest to develop additional oil and gas, uh, the administration has the lease sale, and they get one bid on one lease out of 190. So it's, I mean, the credit is it's the boy who cried wolf, right? I mean, right. The credibility of Alaska on these lease sales is just getting lower and lower and lower. Anwar, we had the lease sale up in Anwar. We had a limited number of bids. Everybody's dropped out except the state, who wants to, for some reason to continue spending money on 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 the leases that it uh, that it bought up there. There, we have we we spend all this political capital to get the cook in the lease sale, and we get one bid out of 190. So it's we we we're using up our political capital for things that aren't realistic. Right. 
Well, we'll get a little more detail on that uh, over the top of the hour from Brad. Uh, meanwhile, Brad Keithley, thank you so much for coming on board and joining us. We appreciate uh, you being part of it. First guest of uh, 2023. I don't know if that's auspicious or portentous. Those are the big words for the day right there. Uh, Brad, thank you so much. Michael, as always, thanks for having me. Folks, we got more coming up. Hour two dead ahead. A few phone calls, maybe. We'll take some calls from you. And then Chris Story with our weekly life coaching lesson. We return in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Yeah, I saw that one lease sale for what sixty eight thousand dollars or something. I mean, it was. Uh, uh, I mean, it was crazy. All these lease sales, Hillcorp votes on the uh, bids on the one thing, and then everybody's like, "That was it. That was the whole. That was the whole thing." I mean, I I don't know what to say. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, we've got we've got a huge federal decision coming up. The the the. Federal government, the Biden administration's decision on Willow, uh, whether or not to permit the Willow operation to go forward or under what terms and conditions Willow can go forward is a huge decision. Over the over the break, I think it was over the break, uh, the president of Conoco, Alaska, gave an interview to Bloomberg and essentially said, look, if, if the Biden administration doesn't give us three locations, uh, three uh, footprints uh, in, in NPR, in NPRA, to develop the Willow project. If they limit us to two, we're not going forward. We can't make it economic on two. Uh, the, 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 the huge push of the environmental community is to get, is to get the Biden administration, if they're not gonna kill Willow, uh, uh, to only approve two, uh, two footpads, um, uh, footprints uh, on the slope. And, um, and that, that is a huge decision because Willow, we got, a, we got a willing investor ready to go forward uh, we've got uh, known, well, as, as much as you can know about oil and gas, we've got a known resource uh, ready to be developed. Um, we've got uh, Conoco, a, a, a big corporation willing to back it up, willing to make the investment, willing to enter into the contracts to get it developed, ready to go forward now, ready to go forward this winter. Um, and now the Biden administration is saying, uh, we push that, we're going to push the decision off until March, maybe. Uh, not really get a final decision until May. Um, and so Conoco's sitting there, you know, we're sitting, Alaska's sitting there just sort of really, you know, this is realistic. We need to go forward with this. And then we're, and then we're burning political capital all over the place in the meantime on Cook Inlet. You know, we spent all this political capital to, you know, bang, banging on the Biden administration for not going forward on Cook Inlet. Um, and, and so, you know, we finally put into the legislation that you've got to go forward with Cook Inlet. Then we have that sale and we get one out of 190 uh, leases uh, a, a bid on. And, and then not even much of a bid, $60,000 for a lease block. We have Anwar where we, you know, bang on the Biden administration to go forward, they go forward. Uh, and then how everybody's dropping out, uh, except for the state of Alaska. And, and frankly, the administration's doing that for political purposes, just to keep that issue alive. To keep to to retain the ability to bang on the Biden administration more and more and more, instead of to me, instead of concentrating our political capital all on the thing that we know that's realistic 
uh, that we can deliver on that will give us oil and gas, that will give us investment, that will give us um, increased throughput on taps, that will extend the life uh, of the North Slope by bringing on new oil, new fields, and new, new developments. Um, instead of concentrating all of our political capital on that, we're, we're, we're spreading it out on all of these other things that aren't realistic. I mean, no one, no one that I know of had ever said the federal waters and the Cook Inlet are critical to oil and gas development. It was always like, yeah, maybe someday we'll get there. Right. Uh, but no one has ever said, I really, I really want to put a lot of money into federal waters and the Cook Inlet. But we put all that political capital into federal waters and the Cook Inlet. And now we just sort of look like, I don't know. We, we don't look, we, we, we don't come out of this looking very good, having spent all that political capital for that, for that lease sale. So hopefully, we, hopefully we get a good decision out of Willow, but you know, we've, we've sort of undermined our credibility a little bit with this whole, uh, with the, the whole Cook Inlet uh, uh, lease sale situation. Well, we'll have to see what it has. I mean, obviously we could have waited for a better time, but it was an election cycle and somebody needed to pad their resume and say, look what we did for you. So <laughs> Uh, you know, I guess not a not a surprise at this point. Brad, what are you looking forward to this next week here? We got about a minute and a half. Oh, we ought to get more statements uh, from legislators about what they see going forward. We ought to get more reactions to the to the PFD as people uh, start uh, start getting ready. We ought to have more analysis of what's in the budget. Uh, we ought to have you know more people looking at uh, various components of it. Um, and, and I think, I think we we're, we're launching into the budget cycle now and we'll start seeing, uh, bits and pieces. I don't think we'll see the administration's proposal for what these carbon credits are going to look like. In fact, I really sort of wonder if we'll ever see that. I mean, right. the Dunleavy administration has in the past announced programs like remember gambling. Yeah. We no, we're going to have remember, a gambling yeah, bill. I remember we're going to have that we're, uh, state lottery. We'll do it. And what it went away. And then, and then it just never showed up. We paid a consultant some huge amount to get a, to get a bill and then it never showed up. So I'm, yeah. I'm really actually wondering if we'll ever see these carbon, the carbon credit bill. Well, it's, um, <clears throat> I guess it's reassuring in some way to know that th some things never change, Brad. I come back from vacation and we're still facing the same problems that we always have. At least, uh, we know that that'll never change, but, uh, I don't know. I, you know, look, <clears throat> we got to have a glad heart. We got to we got to keep fighting the good fight. We got to keep, you know, pointing out uh, when people are being hypocritical or when things are, again, just for show, which I think a lot of this is kabuki politics, really, more than anything else. And, uh, you know, I'm I, I think we just need to keep calling it out. Uh, we can't grow weary and well doing. So um, it will I guess we'll we'll do what we got to do. I I agree, Michael. We, we, we need to know the reality we're dealing yep. with and we, and we need to understand what we're facing. I mean, let's be honest. We're facing PFD cuts. Yep. I, whatever the governor said in his press release, we're facing additional PFD cuts because we're not getting spending under control and we're not coming up with, with realistic substitute revenues. And that's bad. We're yep. pushing the burden of middle and lower income Alaska families. And that's bad. Okay, uh, the uh, chimes mean uh, time to get ready to go. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate it. Thank you for coming on board. We love having you. We'll see you uh, next week, okay? Michael, as always, thanks for having me. Uh, have a good week. You bet. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Brad Keithley, our guest, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets. All right, you guys uh, You guys all ready? You ready already? Let's uh, get the, this, 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 let's light this candle. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio.
Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Yeah, across the world on the internet at uh, MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning, my friends, and uh, welcome to the program. It is hour two of the big radio show, and uh, we are uh, we're diving in. We're ready to go. We're going to uh, we're going to get it get on board with this thing. Uh, just finished up with Brad Keithley for, from uh, Alaskans for Sustainable Budgets, uh, and Brad um, had some. I mean, there was some bad news and bad. It was kind of a bad news and bad news situation, wasn't it? It really wasn't. There wasn't a whole lot of good news. <laughs> <laughs> not that one. Uh, more of the kabuki theater that we're uh, expecting to see uh, from the governor and from the legislature. And I, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see what goes on there. I've got some news stories for some of the things that we missed uh, over the Christmas break and um, that we can talk about. Coming up in just a moment, it's going to be Chris Story, the man from Homer. Who's going to be joining us and coming on board and talking with us, giving us our weekly life coaching lesson? But before we get into any of that, let's do um, let's do some phone calls. How about that? Oh man! Brought to you by our friends over there at Satellite West. You can find them at satellitewest.com, uh, and uh, they are proud sponsors of the program. We appreciate them coming on board and uh, helping us out. Phone lines are open now at 907-433-3150. Who is going to be the first caller of 2023? Let's see what uh, folks have to say. What have you waited, uh, whatever it's been, 12 days since I've been on the air, what have you waited to say uh, and talk to us about? Let's uh, let's go figure this out and get things started. Over here to the phones we go. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hey, Jeremy, be the... 2023 caller of the day. You bet. Inaugural caller. What's happening, Jeremy? What's going on down there in uh, your neck of the woods on the peninsula? Well, I think Brad is right. I, I, I think we're, we're going to continue to see an exodus. There's going to be an exodus from the state. People are leaving, man, like nobody's business. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that if we don't get, uh, you know, if we don't try and get a handle on this, it will continue to drive people out of the state. I mean, we've had the slowest economic growth. We had the recession followed by the pandemic economic impact, and uh, it really hasn't gotten any better from there. If you look at their... If you look at their goal, Mike, is to uh, 
depopulate the state and try to turn it into a nice big national park or something for the rich, right? Yeah. That's what they want for this state. Yeah. Well, Jeremy, I'm glad. uh, I mean, I think we're on the same page here. I mean, if we don't do something then we are going to see a continued exodus from the state. We've already seen that over the last couple of years. And part of it can be blamed on the pandemic, but a lot more of it, uh, you know, is just policies and what we're facing right now. Jeremy, thank you for calling in and joining us. I appreciate it. Uh, let's uh, let's continue on with some of your calls. What are you guys thinking about 2023? What are you, you know, what are you looking at based on what Brad just said? Let's go over here. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, good morning, Mike. Uh, this is Mark. This is Mark from Fairbanks, chair of the Alaska Freedom Council. Good morning, Mark. What's on your mind this morning? Well, it's about zero degrees, but I wanted to wish across the great land, Alaskans, a happy 64th Alaska Statehood Day anniversary today. Okay. Uh, also, a happy uh, 21st anniversary, uh, December 18th. And what does that mean specifically? Oh, are you with us, Mark? There we go. I'd like all the village and native corporate uh, tribal entities to request the seating uh, that the Cherokee Nation has uh, proposed for seating. Uh, Overdue seat in Congress for Alaska's first peoples, uh, the country's first peoples. Okay. All right. Well, Mark, I appreciate it. Thank you for wishing me uh, a happy uh, new year. Appreciate you calling in and being part of it. Phone lines are open, 907-433-3150. Let's go over here to the uh, next caller, see what they have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Good morning, Michael. This is Carlene in Kodiak. Good morning, Carlene. What's uh, it's good to hear from you. I hope you had a happy holiday and a happy new year. I did, thank you. It was quiet. Um, I read some, um, I read the book, it was only 206 pages, According to Plan by Kevin D. Freeman. It was published in 2022, and he's on the Blaze TV. I don't have TV, but I end up getting really good books. But he brought up several topics about uh, what Brad Keithley just spoke about, the oil leases, one sold. Well, uh, when Biden was inaugurated January 20th, 2021, he signed executive orders that the oil companies cannot get bank loans. And I'm wondering if that's why there was only one sold lease. And then about the wind towers off the coast of California, it was on town hall news a couple of weeks ago that there were 47 bids on that. And back to the executive order that the oil companies cannot get bank loans, um, Mr. Uh, Freeman said, that 7.5 million oil workers were put out of work in the United States. And then he covered something else that was incredibly interesting. It was term limits. 
And he said that when Newt Gingrich became Speaker of the House in 1994, he got past term limits on the committees. And that may be why Don Young really didn't have committees towards the end there. And then um, something else that I've been had on my mind watching The Men Who Built America, um, Rockefeller was forced by the court to divide, to subdivide, or he had monopolies, and he had to subdivide the monopolies. But what ended up happening is he became even more wealthy because then by subdividing, those entities just took off and grew. And that's what I'm kind of concerned about with dividing health and human service and Medicaid or whatever it is that they're linked with. Now that's subdivided and it just um wondering if that's the same kind of history. Yeah, I but thank you, Mike. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh I haven't heard about the executive order uh placing that they couldn't do bank loans or anything else. Uh like I said, a lot of times I'm not paying attention to uh, a lot of that stuff. So uh I appreciate that. Uh thank you, Carlene, for calling in and being part of it today. 907-433-3150-907-433-3150. If you would like to sound off, we would love to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, come on in and be part of it, and we will uh, we'll 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 hang out with you. We'll talk about it and see what it is that you want to chat about. Uh, and see, Chris Story is coming up with us here in just a few moments. And we're going to be talking with him. Uh, we're going to be talking with him about that as well. And we'll see what uh, we'll see what he has to say uh, for our weekly life coaching lesson. Oh, baby, that should be uh, that should be fun stuff. And uh, we look forward to hearing from him and seeing what uh, he has to say as well. Uh, if you'd like to call in, now is the time to do it at nine zero seven four three three thirty. 150-907-433-3150. Here is my, this is my good news story. The good news. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure that we have at least one good news story every day. If I can, if I can, I'm doing, I'm doing my best here to get one good news story every day uh, on the show. Uh, this one is uh, happens to be about uh, a friend of mine. Patrick Holland up in Fairbanks said 2023 is off to a much better start than the end of 2022. On December the 22nd, only after uh, after only three weeks on the active waiting list uh, for a heart transplant, the 57-year-old candidate got a call that a new heart, which was described as a perfect match, was available for him at the Seattle hospital. But unfortunately, he wasn't able to fly to Seattle because they had that unprecedented ice storm in Washington that canceled flight after flight after flight, and the window for his new heart closed, going instead to another person on the transplant list. He said he still he still has his faith in his family and his desire to live for his wife and his seven children, so he decided to relocate to Seattle so that the next time he'd be ready, only he didn't have a place to stay, uh, you know, to stay down there. So... Much to his surprise, strangers who had heard about his story in the local news and every place else started reaching out and said, uh, come on down. Uh, he said, we had some nice people step up and say, hey, we could take you for a month. And we've got somebody else say, hey, we could take you for another month. 
So we'll just see where that takes us. And he says, I think I'm going to be fine now. Uh, He said for him, it's odd to be asking for help when he's more used to giving it. But he says that he feels blessed by people's generosity. Uh, He made a promise to whomever his donor might be that he will put his new donor heart to good use. And he said, uh, you know, definitely going to chase after my kids. And, of course, my wife, too. I'll go back to shoveling snow for seniors, chopping wood. I'll do everything that I can, everything that's been taken away from me for sure. So good news for Patrick and uh, exciting stuff. I mean, that is amazing. That is uh, some great stuff. Very happy to hear it and glad to hear that Patrick is back uh, on board there, ready to go. All right, we got time for one final call here before we go to uh, break. Let's uh, go over here and see what uh, you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, Good morning, Mike. It's Mark, 2023. I'd like to see... The tribal entities in Alaska uh, give God thanks for the pre-1741 recognition retroactively in 71. Uh, ANCSA, the land-based traditional uh, uh, claims that we all experienced, of course, growing up here. It's uh, a unique providential viewpoint. All right. Well, uh, we, the people of Alaska, we, the people of Alaska, grateful unto God. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, You know, half the time I don't understand what he's talking about, but that's fine. That's okay, because that takes us right up to the break. And we're ready to jump into it here. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Chris Story is up next with our weekly life coaching lesson. That's all dead ahead. Right here, The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, Free Thinking Radio. We're broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay, uh, we're in the break right now. Chris Story is going to be joining us here in just a moment. Uh, Carleen. Yay, Carleen. Um, uh, let's see. All my voyages are doing this. Got to show. Uh, Mark or Randy. Okay. He's not wrong. All right. Carlene is a poster child. Uh, poster child for the Alaska GOP voter. She doesn't like Stutes, but votes for Stutes. Same with the Kenai and Valley and GOP voter. I, yeah, I mean, that's, I just don't know what, what to do about that. Um, do you like Dave Ramsey and live off beans and rice? Don't go into debt with those stinking banks. Um, uh, Mark again, the one still drunk from new year's. (laughs) Oh man. I don't know. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a, a heat warning on my new camera, so I'm trying to figure out exactly what's going on. I switched to the old camera. I don't know what was happening with that, but, uh, it doesn't like that. It just doesn't like that. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes here in just a minute. Maybe we can switch back to it after it chills out for a second. Um, 
Uh, Amy Domboski is the new host for 650. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, there you go, my friends. That explains why they wouldn't return my emails. Because they got Amy Domboski coming on board. So there you go. Uh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. Um, who are the people zombies that are voting for the commies? I, you know, <laughs> oh, the rhetoric, Robert, the rhetoric, the rhetoric is what kills me. Uh, all right, let's see here. What else I got? Other stories that I had up here. Oh, uh, did you see the, did you see the t-shirt? You see the new t-shirt? See the new T-shirt? Look at that. I love it. I got it. I got it. They're going to be up for sale. That's the one thing I didn't get done is I didn't get the website finished. I know some of you have been waiting for the website uh, to be finished so that you can buy coffee and T-shirts and all that stuff. Sorry, I'm not... I'm not quite up to speed yet. I'm still working on it. Still working on it. Uh, but we'll be done with it here pretty pretty quick. Um, hoping here within the next week or so. I, I just I had to I had to take a break, man. I had to take a break for the vacation. That's what happened. It is what it is. Anyway. Um nothing in Alaska has changed. Um all right. So what else did you guys get done over the Christmas vacation? Did you do anything special? Did you get any projects done? Or did you just hang out and relax and be like, ooh, I am so done. So done with everything. I was I was kind of feeling that so done thing, just quite honestly. Uh all right. Uh let's see if this uh let's see if this thing works. Hello. This thing? Are you talking about me? I'm talking, talking about? about you. Yeah, um, you what are thing? officially you are officially my first official caller on my new uh, guest phone input oh. thing, Bluetooth. Wow, Ooh, I like it. Roadcaster Pro Two. That's what it is, right there. You're all logged in and ready to go, my friend. How, how's it going? Going great. So I'm Bluetooth to your board, which is then hardwired into the master board. Yes, yes, yes. Yes and yes. Man, that's a lot of technology. It is like, a lot of technology. And I'm your first. Yeah, no, it's uh it was uh you know, it's funny because the 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 new roadcaster thing does so many it's got so many bells and whistles, you gotta kinda dumb it down at some point mm-hmm. to be like, What well, I just need to do this. Can you help me with that? <laughs> right. And two hours right. later you're like, Okay, I figured it out, you know, but uh yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. So you yeah, ready I knew you would love that board. Yeah. Uh you ready to go, Mr. Story? Ready. You heard the ding, I'm assuming. I love the ding. All right. I'm ready to go. All right, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio.
Okay, you ready to uh, to chit chat with uh, Chris Story? Let's do this thing. Chris Story, the man from Homer, joins us this morning to talk about uh, pottery, positivity, and how not to become a nihilist. I don't know what that means, but uh, let's figure it out together, shall we? Chris Story, our guest. Uh, Good morning. Good morning, my friend. How are you? Happy New Year, Michael. I'm on top of the world. I knew 2023 was going to be great. I just didn't know it was going to be this good. Just this good. You're excited about it. I mean, how, how, yeah. So what's, uh, so what's happening? Uh, so what's happening? Are you, uh, you, you, en- did you enjoy yourself over the Christmas break? You ready to go? What's, uh, you know, t- tell us what happened. A lot of nothing, which is, I think what a whole, which is what break is about. Right. But there's some good things business wise, family wise, health wise. Um, so as I look at the different metrics of life, these last couple of weeks, Michael, the one thing that's been missing, of course, is you. But I, I could go back and listen to old old shows and, and get you as much as I wanted you. And I wanted you now as much as I ever have. Well, with that said, it's getting a little awkward here, Story, I'm just saying. Uh, but, I mean, I missed you too, man. It was uh, that positivity is some important stuff. I mean, I, I love it. Um, so what, uh, so, you know, Ed, did you discover anything about yourself on Christmas? Did you did you find yourself? What was the deal? Uh, no, I went missing. Um, all is good. You know, my, my brother and sister-in-law came up, and so we've been just spending an inordinate amount of time as a family together, uh, all of, you know, the different generations. It's been great. It's been, been really nice and uh, some really quiet yet um, reflective and, and busy times all at once, sort of a paradox, if you will. Right. But very happy to be here with you again. I wanted to talk to you today about the price of change. The price of change. I mean, I thought for sure you were going to jump into something about resolutions and the New Year's and everything else. But no, you're going right for the hardcore stuff. The price of change, because there's always a price. Speaking of resolutions, one of my favorite quotes from Mark Twain is something to the effect of, uh, this is the time of year, for, this is the week, like he's referring to this, this week in particular, this is the week for making re- new resolutions. Next week, you'll have time to begin paving the path to hell with them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, I uh, you know, that, did, that makes sense. Mark Twain. That's Mark Twain. You got to love the guy. You got to love the guy. Uh, all right. But so I, I'm, the price of I've change. I've been spending the last couple. Yeah, and I've been spending the last couple of weeks focused on two books. I, I'm kind of reading uh, a multi, multitude of books at once. For some reason, if you just looked at my sideboard table here in the library, I I think there's quite literally ten, maybe twelve books stacked here. But um, the two that I've been focused on the most this last couple of weeks in preparation for this new year which is arbitrary, but why not? You got to pick a date to reset and, and recalibrate. So why not make it the calendar year? Why not make it the new year? So I've been rereading two books and I'm going to recommend you put them on your list, Michael, and get them immediately. They're U Squared by Price Pritchett and then The Quantum Leap Strategy, also by Price Pritchett. They're 35-page books. Use right? Squared, so is that what you said? Use Squared? Yep. Mm-hmm. You got it. Price Pritchett two T's, Pritchett, and he writes these little manuals or handbooks. So you don't come fully equipped with a handbook. Nobody gives you a guide to living 
uh, at birth. These are about as close as you're probably going to get if you're ready to become somebody new in this year. So if you really want something new, do something new, become something or somebody new, these are the little manuals that will actually help jumpstart you. And like I say, the 35-page book, so you could sit down and read it in, in 20, 30 minutes. You could take a month to read it a page at a time. Really tightly packed little books. Anyway, so one of the one of the things that Price Pritchett talks about in another work of his is change, because he's an integration strategist such that if you have two large companies merging, he'll help you integrate the two. And he said over the 35, 40 years he's been doing this, he noticed a, a formula when it comes to change that 20% of the people are gonna be gung-ho about the change. 50% of the people are just half-hearted, doubtful, but don't really care. And 30% are gonna be pure resistance, negative, pessimistic, trying to drag the boat down. Well, he said it's the same individually. He's noticed that you and I, when we set out to change, about 20% of our mindset's gonna be positive towards the change, gung-ho and excited about it. 50% of us, uh, a little indifferent, sort of right in the murky middle. Uh, and then 30% of our mindset is going to be, this is never going to work. This is stupid. Who am I to think I could and should change? Why aren't I just satisfied with who I am? Maybe, you know, that, that danger zone of resistance. Right. So if that's true, and I think it is, you know, 20% that's moving towards what you want already. You don't even have to think about it. It's already pre preordained, predetermined. That's the success part of your mindset. So if you focus on the other 30% that's negative, 50% of your, your time is in wasted energy there. Why not focus on just moving the middle? Why not just focus on that, that little bit of indifference and move it towards being more positive? You might end up with 70% energy headed where you want to go. So, Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, I mean... So it's it, so what you're saying it's a matter of just analyzing it and I guess deciding is that is that what you're saying I mean to to weigh the pros and cons or what does it take Well I think what I'm actually saying is to take prices formula and ignore the 30% resistance notice it but ignore it it's a little bit like a relative that's that's spouting some I can't believe they're talking about this at the holiday party they're sure. their uh intestinal difficulties they're talking about what we're eating and what are you doing notice but ignore it don't pay attention to that 30 percent that's negative and pessimistic just ignore it now i'm saying notice it because i want to be realistic don't right. pretend it doesn't exist it does right. exist notice it and when you do notice it you're going to you know what that's not the majority of the way i think the majority of the way i think is either 20 percent gung-ho 50 percent yeah a little indifferent I'm going to encourage the indifferent part of me to move towards the gung-ho. Right. I'm going to be excited about this new change because the price of change, the actual cost of not changing is detrimental to your wealth, your health, and your prosperity and your relationships. The price of change is worth paying. The cost of not changing isn't worth it. That's really the best. First of all, I mean, first of all, I really want to be part of your, your holiday feasts if somebody comes there to talk about their problem with diarrhea while you're eating dinner. I mean, that should just be a laugh a minute. <laughs> Second of all, I mean, it's always a balance, right? It's always the either or. Um, it's uh, I could change, but that's going to cost me something. But what they, it, you know, it's what they, what are they, what are the, what are the, uh, um, 
what do businesses call it? It is the I uh, just lost I just lost the phrase. It's basically the unrealized gains, right? Things that you could be gaining, um, uh, the 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 potential, the lost potential for what if if I could change and it's going to cost me something, but if I don't change, there's going to be as cost as well. And you have to kind of mm-hmm. you have to game that yeah. you have to game that out as well, right? I mean, because it's the unrealized yeah. uh, gains and the unintended consequences of not doing anything. And I think you can you can harness like imagine the twenty percent that is gung ho for the change we're talking about, whatever it is in your life right now that you want to do more of. Um, harness those those horses. Imagine there's a couple of horse, horses. <clears throat> you're going to harness them, and they're going to let you're going to let them drag you over into the into the finish line with the with the majority of you that might be a little indifferent to the change or a little bit um, not quite sure. I like the idea of being half hearted. Because it's not negative. That's only 30%. 50% of your mindset is just, eh, we'll see. That's easy to change. That's easy to persuade. And you do it by programming messages into your mind. It can be, what, one thing I've been studying recently is this idea that if you take a picture, and I don't mean digital, I mean a physical picture. So even if you go print it out and paste it somewhere at a notebook or the back of a book or somewhere, and as you think about the change you wish to make, you trace the picture with your finger physically. And again, <clears throat> excuse me, not digital, but you, you want to do this in an in a actual physical paper and just trace that image of what it is you want, the change you seek to make, the thing you want to get, do, or become. And as you do that, you're, you're training your subconscious mind. As you, you don't even have to think if a mantra sounds too woo-woo for you. Don't worry about a mantra. Literally just look at the image and trace it with your finger and you're indelibly marking your subconscious mind. You'll begin to work towards it and for it and encouraging and squeezing that 50% that's indifferent over into the positive side of your mindset. And this is only if you want to make a positive change. If you don't, don't do it. Chris Story is our guest, uh, the man from Homer. I love homeralaska.com. Chris, um, I mean, at the at the root of this, and I always like to try and bust it down for those of us who are, you know, following along at home. But at the root of this, isn't this about analysis? I mean, don't we have to analyze where we're going? And don't we have to have a plan? Don't we have to have at least maybe not a plan, so to speak, but maybe a goal so that we can write it down and follow it on the piece of paper and understand what the price is? I mean, isn't that I mean, first steps, shouldn't it be to analyze where we're at and look at where we want to go? I agree. I think determining where you want to go, creating the destination in your mind first, and then ignoring but noticing the 30% that's going to immediately start to drag you down. I heard somebody equate it to a little bit like a rowboat and and you're dragging an anchor. You cannot see it, but you're dragging it. But that's only 30%. That's the minority of your mindset. And so you've got your destination and you're going to move towards it physically. And I think it does require doing something in the physical world beyond just thinking, because as soon as you take action, you know, once begun, your job is half done. Take some action, even if all it is, is to print out something that is emblematic or representative of what it is you want to accomplish or become, and then physically look at it, trace it, and repeat a mantra in your mind. If you're willing to go that far, repeat a mantra in your mind that is positive and affirmative 
and already present in your life. I am happily enjoying X dollars extra income. I'm happily enjoying my physical health. I'm happily enjoying being fit. Whatever it is, and you put it into a positive context, you can't help but get further towards your goal. You will, whether that 30% resistance is going to hang on and drag behind you. At some point, you'll begin to, to lose that 30%. It'll start to even squeeze down to maybe 10%. But we all have a bit of pessimism in us. We have a, a natural instinct to be wary of, of anything new because that's, you know, tribally speaking, going back in time. This is, this is part of being part of a society, not being left behind, not being the tall poppy, kind of fitting in conformity. But that's also very dangerous to, to stay too, too close to that 30% or well, I'm going to let it control me. Nope. Decide and determine where you want to go and then begin to move the majority of yourself, which is a little indifferent towards the 20%, which is incredibly positive and knows assuredly you can accomplish this. And more than that, you deserve it. Because again, the one thing that we can control in our lives is how we react to pretty much everything, situations, plans, ideas, change. Uh, this is the only thing we can, that's the only thing we can address, right? It's the only thing that we can deal with. Um, so it's, it's a new year, make it a new day yep. and you can become a new you, whatever Absolutely. it is you want. Uh, Chris Story, uh, I love homeralaska.com is his website. He's written a book called The Backyard Millionaire, which is pretty fantastic, I must say. Uh, really well done. Uh, he's currently also working on his uh, latest book, which is uh, uh, the Jacob Mann book, too. Uh, how's that coming, Chris? It's coming good. You know, uh, Tiffany is my, my first reader, as we talked about before. So she's gone through and she's done a bunch of editing, but she's down to the last couple of chapters. And uh, and uh, so I'm just waiting. I'm waiting patiently. And I give her every now and then I'll look at her and go, huh, must not be that good if you don't want to finish it. No, no, I do want to finish it. She promised that she's going to be <laughs> finishing that today so I can make the changes I need to make and hand it off to be the final edit. All right. Well, but good. it's exciting. It's an exciting book for me in particular because it's, it's one I actually placed in Homer. I've never said a story in Homer before. This one is. Well, I look forward to uh, I look forward to reading it and to uh, I look forward to narrating it as well. The first one was a lot of fun, and uh, you could find Chris's stuff up at his website again. I love homeralaska.com. You could find it on Amazon, on Audible, uh, The Backyard Millionaire, uh, his other book, Born to Live, uh, The Making of Man. Uh, I can't wait. I can't wait, my friend, to uh, see what else you bring to the table. So I appreciate you coming on board and talking with us about the price of change. And again, thank you. that should be the price of not changing as well. So it's it's one or the other, right, my friend? You got it. There's, a, there's an opportunity cost no matter which way you go. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chris Story, uh, the man from Homer. Thank you, sir. It's good to talk with you. Appreciate you being part of it today. Thank you, Michael. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Uh, uh, hope uh, hope you have a good one today. All right, folks, we got more, and uh, we are ready to uh, continue Hour 2, the final segment. Up next, The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Our light, our guide, and our trusted friend. Michael, 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 Michael. 
Okay, uh, in the break right now, Chris uh, Story finishing up with us. Thank you, Chris, for coming on board and uh, being part of it with us today. We appreciate that. Uh, okay, uh, we are uh, ready to uh, to do our thing here. And uh, one final segment. I've got some stories uh, and uh, things that we're ready to uh, dive in and talk about. Seems glitchy today, says Jim. I don't know, man. I don't know. I do all this stuff to improve my signal from the studio here. And um, it seems like I'm fighting back and forth with GCI on, uh, on making it better, faster, stronger. More powerful. Uh, I, I wish I had. I wish I had a better. I wish I had a better answer for you. I wish I wish I could. I wish I wish. Um, I'll be looking at. I'll be looking into this a little bit later today. I'll be talking with GCI. The internet connection here has been very iffy today. Iffy, I guess, is the technical term that I will use for that uh, this morning. Uh, all right, phone lines are open, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150, sponsored by our friends over there at Satellite West. You could find them at SatelliteWest.com. Uh, feel free to give us a call this morning, and we will talk about, uh, well, anything. What You know, you want to talk about your, your uh, holiday break? Um, Brian did exactly what I did. He said, I watched Glass Onion and Jack Ryan and packed on 10 pounds. I probably put on, uh, I probably put 10 pounds on. I, I don't know. Uh, my pants feel a little bit tighter than they did before the Christmas break. But Glass Onion, hysterical. That is a hysterical flick. And then Jack Ryan, what another good, made me want to rewatch the whole series all over again. Uh, Jack Ryan was an excellent, excellent watch uh, over the holidays and uh, uh, good stuff. If you move to Silicon Valley, says Chris, um, you'll be set on Internet speed. <laughs> I mean, all the things that I would have to do to deal with that, uh, you know, sure, fine, whatever. That's good. Um, I'm uh, I'm happy to I'm happy to live in Alaska and still have my crappy Internet. I don't know. It's just now it's flashing me the connection unstable thing again. I, 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 I don't know what, to, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do, but, uh, we'll, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep pushing on it. We will keep pushing and see what, uh, see what we can come up with. Maybe, like I said, I've already swapped out this GCI modem. I think three times now. I think three times. So maybe this is uh, maybe a fourth time's a charm. I don't know. Maybe I need a new router. The router I got is probably three or four years old. So maybe I need to get a new router and that'll help. That's next on my list of things is a new router, I guess, is the uh, is the is the answer. All right. Um, what else do I want to talk? Oh, this story cracks me up. Uh, I think we'll talk about this story next and see what uh, and see what we can come up with. 
Uh, meanwhile, feel free to give us a ring at 907-433-3150 if you want to uh if you want to come on board and uh it uh, and, and and jump in and talk with us. Uh yeah. Uh Glass Onion is a uh it's it's a knives out mystery. So if you watch Knives Out with Daniel Craig and Jamie Lee Curtis and Christopher Plummer and all that, that was a great flick. Well, this is another this is another um movie with the Daniel Craig character. It's kind of like a Agatha Christie, modern day Agatha Christie thing. And he does a really good job of it. Uh really good job. So I uh I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was very, very, very fun. Very much uh a fun time for sure. Um and enjoyable for the weekend. Uh, the one thing I didn't watch was uh, Violent Night, although two of my kids went to the movie theaters over the holiday break, and they both came back and said it was fantastic. I did not watch that. I was going to, but I didn't get into it. Uh, I did finish, or I did start, um, I did start the new Yellowstone series, 1923, and uh, wow, wow. It is a, uh, it's, it's quite the ride. I'm looking forward to seeing what, uh, what comes of that. So we'll be watching that one here. I will watch the first episode last night and I was like, wow, so good. So good. All right. Uh, coming up on it here, getting ready to jump back into it. Please like, and, uh, get like, and share the show, like, and follow the show page. Let's, uh, let's get it done. Here we go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. Okay, you guys ready for uh, final segment? Ready for that final segment? I am. I'm. Uh, I'm ready to do it. The first broadcast day of 2023. I got my new studio gear. I got my brand new T-shirt, which is the new uh, censorship T-shirt for the Michael Duke Show. If you haven't seen this T-shirt, you need to go. Uh, you need to go over to uh, <clears throat> the Facebook page and take a look. I posted up some pictures of this T-shirt here a couple weeks ago. Um, it is, uh, it's fun. Uh, I'm, I'm having a great day. We've had some great guests, Chris Story, Brad Keithley. And tomorrow, it's going to be, tomorrow's going to be another good day. We've got the Shower Hour of Power coming up tomorrow. And uh, we're going to... Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna chat with Mike Shower in hour two. I don't know who we're gonna talk with in hour one, but we'll talk with somebody. I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be good stuff, and we will uh, have a good time because that's what we're meant to do. That's how it's supposed to work. Uh, meanwhile, phone lines are open here in the studio for the final segment here, the last uh, eight nine minutes of the program. Would love to hear from you if you. Uh, you got any suggestions for the show for the new year? Things you want to hear, things you would love to hear. I would love, uh, uh, I'd love to hear what you guys have to say uh, for the for the new year. 
uh, what you think is going to be the the good stuff here. Uh, 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. Here's a story that came out over the holidays. And um, my, it's funny because my son's, uh, one of my son's friends was traveling. And he actually got caught up in the middle of this thing, not him personally, but his flight got caught up in the middle of this. Uh, security officers at JFK, New York uh, Airport, JFK, found themselves facing a nutty situation this holiday season. They found gun parts buried in jars of peanut butter. The discovery at JFK came on December the 22nd when a check bag triggered an alarm during the screening process. A TSA officer removed two jars of Jif peanut butter from the uh, luggage and found parts of a disassembled 22 caliber handgun, including a loaded magazine, wrapped in plastic and hidden inside. The gun parts were artfully concealed in two smooth, creamy jars of peanut butter, but there was certainly nothing smooth about the way the man went about trying to smuggle his gun, said the TSA Federal Security Director for JFK. He was just too smooth. It was, oh, he's in a crunchy situation. He's in a crunchy. That's just nutty. Uh, don't spread it around. I mean, I don't know. Why would you, why would you go through the trial? You can, you can take a gun and you can, well, I guess not in New York. I guess New York is one of those. But TSA will allow you to, you know, you just put it in a lock case and you put it in your bag and you declare it. I guess in New York, that's a whole different thing, I guess. I, I don't know. But why you would put it in two creamy jars of peanut butter and expect that it was that would pa- that's going to defeat that the the peanut butter that's like kryptonite to those X-ray machines it can't see into it. Uh, anyway, my son's friend was they were trapped at JFK for like an additional day and a half because the, his flight was the guy apparently was on his flight and it was going to get canceled and blah blah blah. And, what a crazy, crazy thing. Let me just stuff this in two jars. I mean, first of all, it's a little suspicious. Who's traveling with two jars of, I'm taking creamy peanut butter because they don't have peanut butter where I'm going. Who does that? Who does that? All right, let's go over here to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, this is Charles. Uh, my subject would be Kellic Action. Kellic Action. Kellic action. Yeah. What is that? There's what is a, that, Charles? A three, a three page essay I'd like to re- refer to Jack London. Telic action and collective stupidity. Okay. Jack London, telic action. And a, uh, I love me some Jack London. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see. Pe- what it, people in a crowd, people in a crowd all, uh, respond differently than individuals and uh, he's using Lester Ward real socialist guy uh, last part of the uh, 19th century uh, Lester Ward's a good guy to uh, realize uh, what the socialist uh, program really is uh, so Jack London spells it out it's just a short three page essay Telic action and collective stupidity it's about New York City and crowded <laughs> uh, men in crowds right well, I mean, he, he's kind of paraphrasing something that I heard a long time ago is that, you know, 
uh, individually, all by themselves, people are are individuals, but in mass, they're sheep. You know, so that's 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 kind of what he's saying right there. Uh, all right, Charles, I appreciate. Right on, yeah. yeah, I appreciate you calling in. Nine zero seven four three three thirty one fifty. Uh, we're going to go over here to the next call and see what uh, this caller has to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Uh, good morning, Michael Duke. I, I, I had to call and correct. Uh, you know, your your caller, your visitor, because he said he was the first, and he wasn't. Brad Keithley was the first, and then I was second, and then, uh, but anyway, I, you know, one of the movies I want to see this year. What's that? Is, uh, the Hunger Games. They're going to come out with number four. Oh, there's another Hunger Games. To me, that's yeah. just one of the best, uh, documentaries ever. <laughs> That's a doc. Is that like is that like one of those prescient, uh, uh, predictive documentaries that you're saying about? This is where we're going. Is that your thought? Well, yeah. You know, you look at how they look at us. You know what I'm saying, Mike? Yep. You know how these higher ups and they look at, but then we make friends along the way and, uh. You know, to me, that's gonna, that's the one I'm looking forward to is the Hunger Games All right. 2023, baby. It's gonna be a good year. All right, Jeremy. Well, thank you for calling in this morning and uh, correcting us. Yeah, I, I don't know if Chris said he was the first guest. I think it was his first. Anyway, it, it doesn't matter. Whoever, Brad was first, Chris was second. You were the first caller of 2023. What more could a guy ask for? That's the that's the truth of the matter right there. And that's uh, what it's uh, that's what it's all about. All right, my friends, uh, we are uh, we're wrapping things up for today, getting ready to uh, to shine down. We got we got our we got our our good news story of the day in. So excited about that! Our good news story of the day, and uh, we are uh, we're ready to uh, we're we're ready to 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 rock and roll, and and you know we're ready to do our thing here for uh, for the remainder of the year. So looking forward to it. Looking forward to what the new year brings and uh, what what we can do to help continue the fight. Again, we can't you can't grow weary in well doing, right? That's that's the whole point. You can't grow weary in well doing. We got to keep we got to keep fighting the fight even though it's hard sometimes. I feel refreshed and rejuvenated and maybe, you know, maybe we can hold on to that spirit a little longer this year than we did last year. Last year I ran out of steam about November <laughs> after the election. I ran I ran out of a bit of steam there and started to lose my faith in humanity a little bit. But uh, it's uh, it's it's I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, we've made it through and we've got the new year and we're ready to kick things off and uh, we're ready to kick things off and make 2023 the best year ever, ever. That's what it's all about. Well, we made it through the first show. Not a bad not a bad deal. 
Ready to kick things off for tomorrow. Again, Mike Shower will be joining us. Maybe some phone calls. Maybe we'll have some analysis of the things that we can be talking about and going over. I'm going to try and listen to that Kathy Geisel podcast that came out with the ADN, see what our lords and masters are planning for us peasants. All right, my friends. Thanks for coming in and joining us. Another beautiful day. Dead ahead. You're going to have a good one. I guarantee it. The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. We will see you tomorrow, my friends. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens. I said I'm going to try and listen to that podcast. See what kind of damage they're planning to do to us uh, over the uh, over the coming uh, weeks and months of the new session. We'll have to see what uh, happens there. Don't forget, you can become a member of the Common Sense Corps to help support the show. We appreciate you guys uh, helping that, and it's you know, all this new stuff. Oh, I didn't show you. Here's the. This is the. Uh, let's see. Where is it? I got I got the picture here. I wanted to show you. This is what it looks like now in the studio. Thanks to the help of the members of the Common Sense Corps and everything else, this is just a little bit of a little bit of a snapshot of what it looks like here in the studio. So we appreciate you guys uh, helping out. It was through the support of Common Sense Corps members we're able to make this happen. All right, folks, that does it for me today. I am out of here. We will see you tomorrow on your own for Common Sense Radio, The Michael Duke Show. Bye. shed our terrestrial radio skin and now we are slimy lizard internet people it's the michael duke show